The Restart Project is a new social enterprise based in London, creating a network of community repair events in the UK and abroad, helping people to regain knowledge and skills around the repair and reuse of small electrical and electronic objects, uh, devices, and uh, developing and delivering services uh, to businesses um, based on the same concept. Uh, we bring repair uh, to back to the mainstream by creating engaging opportunities for teams and for small organizations to do team building and uh, uh, to learn about uh, engaging ways to bring together teams around discussions on repair and uh, uh, reuse of objects. My colleague and co-founder Janet Gunter, we worked, both of us, in uh, international development uh, for many years and I was living for a few years in Kenya where uh, the repair culture is obviously never died. Uh, and in fact is thriving and no one would ever dream of throwing something away. And I was working in an area which uh, tries to bridge international development with the use of new communication and new media technologies. And all these projects always involve, in a way or in another, bringing new technologies to the developing world. And every time I was coming back to Europe, I had a sense of how the more technology we were bringing to other people, the more we actually had to question what, how we use this technology in general back home and how not resilient our use of technology is in terms of uh, making it continuously upgrading and moving on and always being excited about the next big thing, the new technology, the new tablet and the new printer and not really having the same approach, particularly for people that care about the environment and uh, climate change, not having this type of approach, where the same approach that we have, for example, around food. We, we want to know everything about where our food comes from, but the same people might be people that instead uh, keep upgrading their phones or their laptops and not, are not sure about what is involved in the manufacturing and the disposal of these objects. And that's where the idea really came from. If people came to visit, what would they find? Where are you? What, what happens? What's your place? Well, we have um, an office in central London. Um, we don't really exist here in the same way as we exist during our events. Our events are all pop-up events that happen in all kinds of different places where a network of volunteer repairers experts, uh, uh, coaches with all kinds of technical skills help all participants to our restart parties in uh, uh, resuscitating in a way devices that people had lost hope on and giving a second life to things such as toasters, uh, uh, printers, uh, tablets, the laptops, mobile phones uh, and uh, the likes. So. We have hosted such events in all kinds of places, from community centers to pubs, art galleries, and uh, schools, universities, and uh, even in a church in uh, North London. And how, um, how fixable are things nowadays? I mean, my sense is that 
you know, I suppose most people's experience is that you can buy a printer for 40 quid and, uh, and they go wrong so easily. Can, can you actually fix those things or most people would just throw them away and get another one? Most uh, consumer products that we use today still are fixable, but obviously manufacturers having made a certain compromises and trade-offs in the way um, they miniaturize products, uh, consumers have led to consumers accepting certain products, not knowing exactly the trade-offs that they were accepting. So in many cases we can still fix quite a lot of things. However, um, the cost of doing that, if you were to pay per hour someone to do that, that would not be uh, comparable and, uh, and to buying a new product, which is also due to the fact that all the externalities linked to the disposal of new products and the manufacturing uh, of of them and the whole distribution networks is not taken into consideration not to mention all the ecological costs linked to production uh, rare materials and disposal and appropriate disposal even when we accept that things are recycled and disposed of in ecologically approved ways um, we really often don't realize that a lot of the substances um, go through a massive shredding uh, process where um, it's we are led to believe that recycling is the right thing to do but we really should be questioning this much more and focusing much more on reuse and repair before we even considering recycling. And what does the time that you've spent sort of taking these devices to bits and trying to fix them tell you about the mindset or the pressures on the people who design them in the first place? Well, certainly uh, designers are aware of the trade-offs and uh, in my experience it's quite easy to agree with them that things could be done differently but the pressure that they're put on by whoever prepares the brief um, reduces their chances of having a say uh, when it comes to making decisions that um, could change the upgradability, for example, of products. I'll just give you an example. If you look at today's modern um, small laptops, the ultrabooks, uh, so the, the thinner laptops, um, Nothing prevents manufacturers from making choices uh, that would make it still possible for users to upgrade their products, for example, by increasing the amount of RAM memory, if needs be, after the day of purchase. But some manufacturers, and the majority of them actually, are now soldering the memory to the motherboard of the computer, which means you no longer have the freedom to change that memory or to increase the amount of memory, let's say after two or three years that you've used that product. And that is not really um, due to a need to further um, reduce the size of a product. And in fact, there are comparative products that don't give you that kind of trade-off. 
So how do you find or train people who actually have the skills to be able to repair these things? Yes, this is one of the most interesting aspects. So we didn't know about this when we started. There's a wonderful community of people out there that were basically waiting for this kind of events to happen, to be able to be given a chance to contribute and to um, inspire a community of users. The, the most extraordinary thing is we've actually uh, just promoted this event and a lot of people have come forward and they were one of us and so it's there's fantastic skills out there and actually the massive projects of actually reskilling entire communities and making sure we have more widespread access to tools and to the knowledge that will help us live in a more resilient way, our relationship with technology is actually possible exactly because there's people that until now were quite hidden, maybe working on the side and not appreciated for the kind of technical hardware and software skills that they had. They are extraordinarily happy to provide the skills to the rest of their communities. So what I always tell um, people who want to start a restart party uh, in their community and be it a transition town or other local organizations that want to get involved is don't worry repairs will come what's more crucial is you organizing an event and publicizing properly and you have a few initial technicians that you already know but then many more uh, technicians and people happy and eager to help will come up and uh, share their skills. People love to share their skills and it's really an old myth, the fact that people with technical skills don't like to share them. And that we, we found an incredible community of people who are day and night uh, to increase this movement because um, they just have a variety of wonderful skills and they're so much up for sharing them. Is it not the case that, um, that our Western economic model, uh, which depends on economic growth, is, uh, depends also on, uh, on us buying things and throwing them away? If, if, if everybody started uh, doing restart projects everywhere and uh, repairing everything and throw, not throwing anything away, would that not bring our economy to its knees? Right, that's a very good question. Um, clearly, we see this project at the crossroad of the old economy and the new economy that we like to see. And the new economy is one which sees growth in terms of services and providing a new meaning to... Uh, local economic development, one less centered around products and use and abuse of resources and one more centered around skills and people and making sense of human relationships. So quite contrary to what some of the criticism around this um, tries to instill, we believe firmly in uh, using this project to create more awareness and demand for commercial repair services as well as community-oriented ones. But we are looking at models where the use of new resources and the disposal of old ones only happens when people indeed are empowered to make that decision. So they will go out and buy a new mobile phone or a new computer when indeed it's what they need and not what they're led to believe is the right thing to do. So obviously 
um, this is a model that scares a lot of people because it implies a rethink of how uh, we create value. And currently we create value, funny enough, out of the disposal of uh, electronic waste. And there's like what we call the outer circle of the circular economy, which tries to make products more easily to disassemble at the end of life, as opposed to focusing on what's really crucial for us, which is making products easier to repair so that less waste is generated to begin with and we create more value and more jobs around the repair of things at a community level where it's cheaper, there's no shipping back and forth, and we can rebuild more meaningful relationships, specifically considering that our high streets, as we all know, are dying, so many shops have closed and so many spaces are empty, and this we see as an opportunity to really reinvent how these services could redefine create values to our hoods here and now. And what's the relationship been with with Transition? So with, there was there's some connection between yourselves and Transition Brixton, am I right? But there's been uh, connections clearly with the Transition, uh, uh, both in Belsize, where I am from, and uh, the first event was kind of co-hosted, and then uh, Transition Brixton, and. Uh, we're now talking to other groups. We've done an event together with Transition uh, Dartmoor Park, uh, one with the Primrose Hill, uh, one we're, we're discussing with Kensal to Kilburn, and um, we've been in touch with other transition initiatives across the country uh, who wanted to get involved and replicate the model. And, and we see this as a great opportunity, really, because the Restart Party, and you'll find information on this on everyone on our website, which is therestartproject.org. The Restart Party is a format that every organization can uh, incorporate and uh, reuse locally um, as long as it's kept as a free event. Uh, supported by donations but uh, open to everyone and very inclusive as well as uh, being centered around uh, joint learning between who re people who repair and people who want to learn how to repair the things that they have broken at home so we see a fantastic opportunity to help transition towns uh, use a format that will bring more, a new way of getting in touch with their local community, both in terms of new type of volunteers who might not have had a chance to share their skills and not seeing themselves as uh, valuable resources for their communities, and also as a way to create events that speak to a wider um, portion of society. Uh, what we notice during this repair, community repair events, is that there is um, an easy way to talk to people of all kinds, from people who really care about the environment, so they see it as a matter of principle not to throw things away, to people who might not even be able to afford a commercial repair and have been easy, well, harder and harder to reach out to for whatever reason. And the nature of popping up in all kinds of different venues really helps create a dialogue with a much wider uh, 
set of groups in the communities around us. So we'd love to collaborate further with the transition movement and uh, in establishing uh, many more restart parties across the world. You talked about how you see and, and how you've planned and designed Restart as being, as being a social enterprise. Could you tell us a bit more about that? How, how do you see this becoming something that's able to be financially self-supporting and create livelihoods for people and so on? What's that model? Yes, so um, we're just launched uh, a series of services which we call Restart Your Workplace. And we see this as a quintessential part of our plan. Um, so we notice that the kind of services we provide to communities are obviously, um, they make a lot of sense exactly in their complete independent nature. But some of the key values uh, of those events make sense in all kinds of other environments. So we designed a few services that were uh, promoting to businesses and uh, one is around uh, what we call restart pop-up which is like a clinic that we can take to any organizations for any number of hours where community repairs will help fix and repair things that belong to employees or to the company creating a, a service that people can use during one hour in a lunch break, during a corporate event, and creating a buzz and sharing some of our best resources and the best learnings and uh, our wonderful repair coaches. Then we've created a more professional service called uh, Restart for Teams, which is based on uh, basically creating a more learning-orientated uh, half-day team building event where uh, a team of uh, from a comp works in small groups with our best coaches learning the key skills that could transform you from a passive consumer to a much more engaged uh, repairer getting to know your products learning how to take a smartphone apart and change the battery and double its future life and learning how to use the basic tools and using this as a collaborative effort that brings teams together, enhances problem solving, and is also a lot of fun. And the third one is aimed at small organizations, not-for-profit, that particularly um, stressed around their current IT costs. And we help them uh, figure out a way through our trainings uh, to be more resilient and to use whatever they already have in terms of the technologies in their business at its best and reducing unnecessary costs uh, depending on FTD fees that they might pay to an external consultant. So we see this as exactly the same philosophy of what led to the to launching the Restart project but taking some of these key elements to new audiences and reinforcing our message. So we're talking exactly about the same resilience and the same skill sharing, but taking it to new environments where people see value for them and uh, 
uh, helping us uh, further develop the community services that we want to continue to develop and provide uh, for free to everyone. And how's that? And how's that going? Is it? Is are you pleased with how it's been developing and the interest that it's generating? Yeah, in terms of interest, it's uh, going great. We've run some wonderful pilots with a number of organizations, and uh, we are now relaunching it and uh, more aggressively marketing. Marketing. So um, it looks like a lot of people really enjoy this fresh approach, and we are lining up quite a few events for the beginning of the year. So you were one of the businesses that appeared in the 20 New Economy and 20 Enterprises report that the that Reconomy did. Do you feel part of a wider kind of a new economy movement? And if so, what does that mean for you? What does that look like for you? We obviously feel part of a much wider movement. I mean, even just in terms of repair, we're clearly not alone. There's an ecosystem of new services and products that are creating value in this area from uh, uh, companies producing tools that help make it easier for repairs to do their work to obviously other projects similar to ours but perhaps without the uh, drive to to reach uh, social enterprise status and more focusing on community values around repair but of course we feel very much part of this new wave trying to create um, economic value around new ways of approaching environmental challenges and uh, local engagement and local community development. Uh, it's very hard at the moment because it's in a sense much easier to come up with a great idea and to push it and these days with the internet to reach global visibility around that than to really uh, create uh, a business case for it, of course. But we, we find this uh, particular time uh, uh, in terms of both the environmental awareness that seems to be happening in, in this community and uh, the push for a rethink of our relationship with waste uh, very much in line with all the social enterprises that are working around food and uh, trying to create a more meaningful relationship between our skills and how we can create value that makes sense for our communities around it. If, uh, if you're successful and the idea that you have really sort of takes off and we see restart happening happening everywhere, in an ideal world, what does our relationship with stuff look like? What does a healthy, it seems like at the moment, our relationship with, with stuff is an, is an unhealthy one, which generates disappointment and debt and waste and so on and so on. What does a healthy relationship with stuff look like? So it's, it's a great question because we've just come up with a new tagline for the Restart Project which says, let's fix our relationship with technology. So we are not just looking at fixing products per se, but really using this as a way to reflect with how we relate um, with the specific objects that are so commonplace in our daily life at this point. Um, we believe that 
getting to know a product, including getting to know how you take it apart and have much more open information about where its components come from will help us appreciate a much more detailed way uh, and fall in love in a sense with the things we have as opposed to uh, basically uh, having a very uh, transient relationship with them. And the more we see groups wanting to replicate our work from New Zealand to the US, from Italy to South Africa, we are starting to realize that um, a focus on bringing people together and solving problems at community level helps people realize that it's much more important to focus on what we can learn together uh, through these objects than to be always bombarded with uh, marketing messages trying to push to us innovations that are often just perceived innovation, not really bringing more value or more better relationships with the people surrounding us. So we believe that uh, ideally we should come to terms with how much stuff, technologically speaking, we are surrounded by and learning to make sense of what we have, using it at its best and learning how to repair and reuse. Not everything, obviously, we can't expect everyone to learn how to repair everything, but to be aware that repair should always be the first option and the fact that something stops working is not an excuse to really move on and go and buy the next flashing thing. Like we should always be mindful of uh, the kind of relationship we have with things. I mean, in a way, uh, uh, people have developed a uh, relationship with objects or we know a lot of people that will never throw away an old mobile phone because it still contains memories, whether in terms of an old SNS from someone special or the memory of a time when that phone was operational. What we want to help increase this relationship and just reduce his chances of having to give up on things just because of the way they've been designed or uh, because of the way uh, consumer society has been pushing us to move on uh, without us really wanting to necessarily.